Is everything plugged in? Yeah. Yep. Hello, hello, hello. Testing. Hello, hello. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Clive Owen. Daniel Craig is probably the least British sounding of the British actors. <laughs> that's not here, right? That's really not. That's, the, that's not a British sounding name at all. Hi, hi, I'm Daniel Craig. I've been managing this radio shack for six years now. Hi, welcome to Singular. I'm Daniel Craig. <laughs> Doesn't even have the like uh the the aristocratic like lilt that like Colin Firth has. <laughs> hi, I'm Daniel Craig. I'm the newly elected mayor of Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Craig just has like it's the because it's two first names. It's like Michael Scott, practically. Yeah, right. His real name is Nigel Daniel Craig. <laughs> no, his his, na- his his full British name is just Jolly Ol Daniel Craig. <laughs> oh my god! The third, the third. Yeah. <laughs> Does everybody know what time it is? It's time for the spookiest thing of all: an angry girlfriend. That's right. It's grunt work. If you don't know why I'm mad, I'm not going to tell you, Landon. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to Grunt Work. The all-inclusive podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. Ooh. I don't know I, other I, spooky noises to make besides that, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, uh, uh. I'm, uh, oh god, we're out to a great start here. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sorry, that's not a scary noise. Who are you? <laughs> I'm landing. <laughs> Solano, joined always by Truman. It's alive! <laughs> Caps. Uh, actually, I prefer to be referred to as Truman. The phone call is coming from inside the house, Caps. <laughs> Truman, how are you this week? Uh, you know, I am chock full to the very brim with, with the candy. Halloween spirit. Yes, yes. I am, I am, <laughs> there's, there's candy corn coming out of every orifice right now. It's very unsettling to look I, at. <laughs> I, I know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the new horror movie. It's not the candy man, it's the candy corn man. Yeah, it's he, such a strange costume you chose to wear to I, our costume uh, party here. Yes, you know, it's, it's the, uh, I decided to dress as the least popular candy in the world <laughs> that everyone eats because they feel obligated to at the same time every year. You know what, I, uh, outside of overindulging uh two years ago uh which has completely turned me off until then uh i'd go to bat for candy corn okay okay well i want to say i I really appreciate your david pumpkins costume i mean i really thought that it was kind of played out last year but i feel like you've brought it back in a very inventive way listen i find something that works and i stay with it no matter what (laughs) yeah so uh, that was why you dressed as christopher walken uh in the more cowbell thing for seven years straight yep exactly yeah Uh, yeah, happy Halloween. I know we're recording this in late November, but, you know, you can't... <laughs> yeah. When when we're watching the show out of sync with yeah. what the seasons are actually doing, you can't control when it's Halloween. It's true. That's, and actually, what is scarier than the notion that Halloween could come out of nowhere? At any time. Like, like it's the, the, the least scary thing in the world is knowing when Halloween is going to be. What's really <laughs> spooky is that it could be Halloween any time and, and you're not ready. Uh, it's true. And, um, this is going to be, you know, I was going to say that this episode is going to be for future generations who seek us out on Halloween. Um, but yours paints a better, um, uh, backstory, a better past event that, uh, triggers the, 
the killings that are to come. I, you know what I think? I think people should listen to this on Easter. I, that's, <laughs> I think this should become an Easter tradition for our show because I know we haven't even really recorded the podcast yet. We're only a few minutes in, but yes. I can feel that this is going to be our most, uh, our, our most, um, he is risen E show yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what is Frankenstein, if not an allegory for uh, the resurrection of Christ? I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, technically, Landon. Yeah. It's Frankenstein's monster. Oh, well, god damn it. <laughs> I've become Truman. everything I hate. I have become <laughs> the worst person. I like to think, like, I feel like, I feel like the, the, Schindler's List, great movie, truly. <laughs> I can't wait to see where this is going. If there had been a scene, I'm trying to remember if Hitler was actually in that movie. The point is, if there was he... a scene with Hitler in that movie where he is like signing off on something for the Holocaust and then someone says something about Frankenstein and he goes, uh, actually, it was Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> just to sh- just to show that you, that the most awful human in history yeah. had, that, had that trait as well. I think that really would have stopped uh, hipster nerds today from doing that. <laughs> uh, and maybe stop them uh, from getting that haircut. So, yeah. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. And this is our first um, home improvement Halloween episode, which they, they're they kind of known for. I would say... I mean, they flirted with one in yeah, Flying Sauces. The Flying Sauces was the first season one equivalent uh, of a Halloween episode. That was Halloween foreplay. But it certainly didn't uh, take place on Halloween. It yeah. wasn't like a, an official... It's not canon, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not Halloween canon. It was Halloween fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is our first tried and true, and it's like a staple of the series, uh, just like Roseanne, uh, that Home Improvement loves their Halloween episodes. They do. They put some budge into this. There was some, yeah. uh, there was some, uh, that's, that in the, in the industry here in La La Land, we, that's our shorthand for budget. You say, oh, I thought it was for Bud's fudge. <laughs> No, 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 but so just just so you know, I was saving yeah. some time by uh, by calling it that. But they put some serious budge into this, and also some fudge. Some fudge. There is yeah. some fudge. It isn't necessarily budge, but it's uh, it's fudge in a budge-heavy episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm surprised I found my way out of that. You're a poet, <laughs> and you do know it, because you're recording yourself <laughs> saying these things so they can be preserved for all mankind. Well, technically, you're the one recording. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Oh, hoisted on my own Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, okay, look, I'm going to synopsize this episode. Yeah, I was just going to lead into that. Um, please, as our first Halloween episode, what happens? Well, <laughs> you are the one that edits this. Just put in the sound effect. True, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'm a lazy editor. Fair. Um, it's Halloween, and Tim and Jill are helping Brad throw a spooktacular party for all of his friends, complete with creepy snacks and a homemade haunted house in the basement. Now, Brad is dressed up in a ridiculous Raggedy Andy costume as part of, guess what, a couple's costume with Jenny Sadarsky. But when she shows up wearing a matching costume with another boy, who happens to be named Danny, and gives Brad a very frosty reception, Tim has to help Brad figure out what he did wrong and how to apologize to his girlfriend for the first time ever. Tim has no experience with that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He really should have just talked to Wilson, but Wilson, as we will find out, was otherwise occupied. Yes. After Brad and Jenny, spoiler alert, make up, Jill takes the guests at the house on a tour of Tim's highly anticipated haunted house in the basement, wherein at first dismissive Danny is scared senseless by Alan Wilson in crazy costumes. <laughs> some things, some things never die. On Halloween or even a regular night, yeah. we can still get that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, this episode, uh, it was very clear to me as the episode went on that that they had dedicated 
probably half of their budget for the episode and really all of their intentions for the episode yeah. what happens in the last five minutes in the basement yes it's kind of from the get-go there's all these you know people are coming out of the basement and saying like whoa dad it's so scary down yeah there. it's, it's so totally cool. like orson welles and the third man they're like setting up for this mm-hmm. big reveal of yeah yeah orson welles and the third man yeah <laughs> <laughs> they show they show you the first man and you're like okay cool and they show you the second man and you're like all right great keep going and then they really make you wait until they show you that third man yeah <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I too picked up the Orson Welles uh, vibe of this episode. They're definitely building towards this end of the end of the episode thing, and that's mm. why there's not really a B plot to this episode. There's the this a- is absolutely just one of those p- kind of plot light episodes where I, I am hesitant to even call it a Brad episode. I mean, it's just kind of everyone's there just doing the Halloween. <laughs> everybody do the halloween <laughs> it's the new dance craze kids can't get enough of listen i've had enough of monster mash it's time to do the halloween man <laughs> do the halloween man <laughs> that's what that's it's like the 60s uh they're trying to capitalize on like beatnik culture so it's the it's the uh it's the beatnik halloween song do the yeah. halloween man <laughs> It's just draped over, do the Bartman. Uh... <laughs> so we start out, as we so often do, on the set of Tool Time. Yes. Uh, where they're building a brick wall. Yeah, that they are. And and then they finish building the brick wall. And it, looks the brick like they were kinda, it looked like they were building a chimney, if I had to guess. Yeah, but Tim refers to it as, like, when you're building a brick wall, these oh, are the does. things okay. you do. So. Am I supposed to pay attention during the show? I, I, well, no, this is mine to do the synopsis, so <laughs> okay, I understand. You, you you can go on vacation <laughs> for this. Uh, so, uh, they, they've built, like, the whole reason, they, they do nothing with this brick wall, aside from Tim puts the last brick on and says, oh, looks like we're all out of bricks here, Al. And Al goes, Tim, are you telling me you're a few bricks short of a load? <laughs> and, then, and then he gives a patent snort. Yeah. He gives his little Al... <laughs> And then, and then Tim, in true Tim fashion, takes a light joke and goes way too hard in the opposite direction with it, and <laughs> yes. and says, "No, Al, what I think I'm trying to say is you're a couple quips short of the unemployment line." <laughs> and then Al like goes backstage. It's like, it's it's like Tim can do whatever he wants, yeah, and right. if Al makes the slightest comment back, Tim is so mortally wounded that he has to be mean. Well, listen, no one is giving any pushback against Tim on the show except for Al because mm-hmm. when Al scont. Uh, Goes off into the back of the the set and goes, you know, behind the scenes. Tim is like, you know, he, he puts up his finger, tells the audience to be very quiet. And then he goes off behind the set to put on a mask to try and scare Al. Mask and gloves. Meanwhile, he walks right by Jerry, the inept producer of Tool Time. Yes. Uh, a man who needs no introduction. A new chapter in the Jerryverse. verse <laughs> uh, Just watches Tim very nonchalantly just walk off set, leaving no one hosting the show... More importantly, leaving nothing on camera. Yeah, it's it's really something it's... to have dead air on TV. <laughs> I mean, not even anything to look at except literally a brick wall. <laughs> I I kind of wish that they had had a a very small uh, dwarf come out and start doing stand up in front of that brick wall <laughs> while Tim was off camera. That's why they built it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so he goes off, and then he comes running. Tim comes running back on, wearing this ghoulish mask. Yeah, once mask. Al is re-entered, yeah. He tries yeah. to scare Al with this big mask. And it does not work. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Al is uh, Al is like a rock. He cannot, <laughs> be, uh, he cannot be fooled. And like a rock, I just want to mention, uh, I was really impressed by a little detail that I don't know if it was the, the production designers, the costumers, or Richard Karn himself. 
L actually has mortar on his hands. Oh! Like dried, I've been working really hard mortar uh, between the bricks uh, that they made the wall out of. Do you think Do you think that uh, Richard Karn, like, that was his idea? Like, he, he came and put that stuff on himself because he's so into his character and really, like, okay, I got I got all the way up to, like, featured cast member just by really bringing it with this role. I'm going to keep going. I'll be the lead by season yeah, right. four. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. I'd like to think that. I'd like mm-hmm. to think that he has that kind of commitment to his character. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a, a very impressive detail. Uh, so from this whole bit about here's how you build a brick wall, yeah. they then make the seamless transition to, and here's the pumpkins we've carved for Halloween. Yeah, we're on this tool time show the the topics that they're covering on this like what is the the deal like going from doing a brick wall to carving your pumpkins there's no through line there no no there's not at all it's like we finished a wall and now with no real yeah i (laughs) i mean i think at some point it's just bludgeoning a dead horse to criticize jerry and and uh (laughs) jerry and dolores's uh, producing i do like that her name changes every time and and jerry that jerry stays the same So Al shows the pumpkin that he has already carved, mm-hmm. which is uh, masterwork. Is it him or is it Bob Vila? Oh, it's totally Bob Vila. Okay, it's Bob Vila. So yeah. it's it's Bob Vila wearing safety goggles with the outline of a circular saw behind him. <laughs> Although I do like the idea that every character on Home Improvement carves a pumpkin of themselves. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> lay it in a later scene in Wilson's first scene. Um, which not much happens in, so it's worth mentioning now. Yeah. He's also carving a pumpkin of himself behind the fence. Which, and you would think <laughs> from Wilson's perspective, he's not, he's never behind a fence. From right. Wilson's perspective, he's say, just a man. Actually, the fact that he chooses to cover his face, I mean, even in depictions of, of art, if you can call it pumpkin carving an art. Well, that one looked like art. Yeah. Both of the pumpkins we see in this episode are considerably more artistic than any of the ones I've carved. Uh... What does that say about Wilson that he's choosing to conceal his own face? That's bizarre. I think. Well, I think it's that. I think what it really says is that that Wilson sees himself the way Tim sees Wilson. So maybe Wilson only exists in Tim's. My, no, that doesn't and work. Too many other characters that that he interacts with. Maybe maybe it's Wilson is carving himself the way Tommy Westfall sees him, which is only <laughs> only uh, only from behind a fence because he's just. Imagining this as a TV show? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I found that peculiar, though. But yeah, it, it was definitely Bob Vila that Al carved in his pumpkin yes. at the beginning. And then Tim says, well, naturally, Tim makes fun of uh, makes fun of Al for... Uh, yeah, we have to mention that, uh, you know, Tim has his, you know, concoction of blowing out... I None of, none of what Tim's doing with his pumpkin makes any oh. sense to me. What he chooses to do is... Uh, why cut out the pieces of the pumpkin when you can blow them out with a small explosion? Well, of course, he's already scored the pattern that he wants to blow out of it. So he's already cut the pumpkin, just not all the way through. That's not how it works. Yeah. (laughs) If you score the front of something that you're going to blow out from the inside, because you see the scoring on the pumpkin. Yeah, 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 it's clear. That is going to have zero effect to the small explosion on the inside of the pumpkin. It definitely seems like this would have taken a lot more time and effort. I mean, what he talks about is, I have filled the inside of the pumpkin with flammable gas and put in a thing there that's that will make a spark when I push right. this button on a remote control. And his whole argument is that that Al spent way too long with a putty knife or whatever. No, yeah. Not a putty knife, but an X-Acto knife carving his. But Tim... 
I mean, it's probably the same time sink either yeah, way. It's right. just that one of them one of them actually works in our reality, and the other yeah. does not. Well, in order for his to work in this reality, he did have to cut out every single piece, not just score it, but go through the entire wall of the pumpkin yeah. and cut it out, but just leave the plugs into each of the holes. Yeah. So really all he's doing is just, none of it makes sense. I, I really don't. But I do have another note of like, when he is explaining this, he turns to the audience uh, and he goes, do you know, you know, you know what we need to, to blow this pumpkin oh, yeah. out? And the audience gives one of the most emphatic, more power it was like they Tim scream it. It was a little terrifying and jolting. It was as if Tim has started to build this like fascist regime of audience members uh, that are mandated to scream more power whenever it, prompted. It's the two minutes hate. It's it's the two minutes grunt. <laughs> Uh, it, it was, uh, it was probably the scariest thing in the episode. Uh, yeah, that, that was the spookiest, the, the scariest thing in the episode is the, is the idea of a large crowd of people, uh, just, just screaming without any thought of what's coming out of their mouths. <laughs> the, the real monster. So basically when the, at the end of the theme credits, when it rolls up and everyone's screaming <laughs> as it, <laughs> yeah, as they get sucked into a pocket dimension wherever it drops to. Uh, no, you know, the real monster is, uh, society yeah. is what we learned in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so Al believes that the pumpkin has too much explosive in it. Yeah. And Tim sa- Tim says, well, why don't you go hide behind the desk? So Al does. And he does, he takes a pretty funny dive, if True. I'm being completely honest. Let, let me, let me, let me talk. Let me just, let, can we just rap for a second about Please, what well, really, I can't, I have no skill. I can't, well, you lay down a sick beat. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> It's just that. That's all I got for you. <laughs> that 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 beat is sick, as in it's not well. It needs to <laughs> needs to be checked into the hospital. What what kind of rhymes you got for this one? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, I'm Truman Caps, and I'm here to say that I feel extremely depressed today. <laughs> Mortality affects me in a major way. I I don't know. Look. look. I didn't mean to get on that that awful strain of goofers. That could have been one of my introductions later, and I burned it on this. <laughs> uh, what what I'm saying is, Al needs to take cover behind something because he thinks the whole studio is going to explode. <laughs> yes. They just built a brick wall, <laughs> and instead he takes cover directly behind the thing that's about to blow up. Yes. What happened? <laughs> What's going on here, Al? Uh, if I had to guess, uh, I would surmise that... He had to um, reach into a bowl of uh, pumpkin guts and spread it on his face <laughs> so that when he stood back up, it looked like he got shot in the face with uh, pumpkin. I love the, I love this idea of Richard Karn having to put that stuff on his face <laughs> himself. Because live. <laughs> sure, sure enough, Tim pushes the button the, and the pumpkin, uncharacteristically, the thing works exactly as intended. Like the, the, the scored bits all blast out of it yeah. and then the pumpkin is carved right. perfectly. And he's like, oh, it went great, Al. What are you complaining about? And sure enough, he comes up covered in pumpkin guts. Yeah. Which means that Tim filled the pumpkin with flammable gases but didn't pull the guts out of the pumpkin first. Which is impossible to do. I feel like, because it's attached to the stem. When you cut the top of it off, like, isn't that how... I haven't cut a pumpkin open in a while, but... We have one on the table right now, and <laughs> I know... You're not going to touch my pumpkin. I know. Well, well, I know. I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of such a thing. I mean, we joke... We, guys, we have a lot of fun here about things that may or may not actually be happening in the <laughs> studio, but there is a show enough pumpkin that had been sitting on, on a nearby table that, before we recorded, Landon brought and set in between us as though that was going to enhance the Halloweeniness of this episode. <laughs> it's... 
It's cheering me up. I, no, no, it's 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 really. Good. I mean, there's nothing carved in it, so yeah. I'm just thinking about about gourds. Well, I don't want to belabor this this opening, this cold open. Oh, we uh, for too long. But I do want to point out one more thing. If the back of the pumpkin blew out, just like the front of the pumpkin, there could be an argument made that Tim scored the back of the pumpkin to blow out to get Richard Car- or to get Al covered in pumpkin. If if that was really what this was about, then. One hundred percent. Then that's great. Then then Tim <laughs> Tim Stock rises in my book. If he if he selectively scored a pumpkin so he could get guts all over Al's face. <laughs> oh poor Al. Um, but we get a. I, I'm I'm sorry. I have to do this to you, German. <sighs> just we, just do it. Just do it. This is really bad. We get a transition <laughs> into the theme song. We get a transition into Truman's nightmares. That is literally a terrifying visage of tim laughing and his head his face turning orange and then expanding outward uh and then his eyes lighting up and it becoming a jack-o'-lantern that is way too big for his body that was the thing that you're upset about is the proportions of it well it, it was how every... how would his body hold it up how would his body hold up the pumpkin head guys i'm just asking <laughs> questions here well, that's all part of the nightmarish uh, aspect, like uh, when proportions so. don't uh, match up. Yeah, yeah, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, etc. Uh, <laughs> it was very, it, it was, I, honestly, I was kind of shocked at how quote-unquote good it looked. <laughs> when, when, they, like, it, it matched, I mean, it was just so quick, but, yeah. but for a computer effect that they did in the 90s, it looks Kind of not terrible. Well, it moved, it went so fast. I mean, if I had to guess, it was probably a second and a half, two seconds long. Oh, yeah. So, like, so fast that you can't tell how awful it looks. Yeah. Uh, just that it has entered your uncanny valley. <laughs> and it will show up maybe in 10, 20 years in a nightmare you have that you don't even realize that it came from Home Improvement. Yeah, just just the just pumpkin head Tim Allen hanging out with uh, Tom Hanks and Polar <laughs> Express. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and a and a full motion cinematic from tomb raider 2 i guess because those were also kind of <laughs> creepy then we go we go into the theme yes. uh, i want to mention something about this okay. okay so uh recently i heard a uh a remix online it was kind of it was on youtube it was kind of a um girl talk sort of deal oh i like girl talk i love girl of deal. talk oh, so man. it was like a taking um just samples from tv shows and pop songs and stuff like that and mashing them all together the title of the track was called annoyed grunt oh <laughs> and uh this was remixed by uh neil uh aga hmm. i don't know how to pronounce that exactly so apologies but it's on our twitter you can find it if you want to uh anyhow they sample tim's grunt uh in the song and they use it a lot throughout the song yeah when I hear this theme song now, I can't unhear the fact that the grunt that we hear throughout is a sample. Like, <laughs> it's the same grunt just looped over whenever they need it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not actually Tim Allen, you know, grunting along with the song, <laughs> which I guess makes sense now that it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just sounds so much more surreal to me now. I, I kind of have that same problem as, as just someone who listens to, to Girl Talk, you know, this mashup mm-hmm. artist who makes whole albums out of just mashing up rap songs and classic rock songs and everything else. 
So I will hear, you know, I don't listen to a lot of top 40 or, or rap or hip hop, but I will hear a song that was in a Girl Talk album and I will hear that chorus in a bar and I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar, but shouldn't there be like a Tom Petty, like, bass line <laughs> underneath this? <laughs> shouldn't it be, shouldn't that be repeating again and again and again? Yeah, so yeah, yeah hearing, hearing something uh, from a remix uh, demixed can be a little, uh, it can mix you up. Yeah. Well, and it also, like, once the, the sample w- was the only thing that I could hear, then it started painting the picture in my head of Tim Allen in the recording studio, just grunting into a microphone in a sound booth, <laughs> trying to get the one right, perfect kind of melodic uh, grunt that goes along with Dan Foliard's music. You, you think you think it took more than one? I think Tim Allen just went in there and did it on the on the first. <laughs> everyone everyone pulls off their their uh, their earmuffs. Is like holy oh that was it that was it we're done. That's Cut. the one print. <laughs> That's why they call him One Take Allen. <laughs> what? What? Tim Tim the One Take Wonder uh, Allen. And then Man. Jill says, yeah, that's what I named him on our wedding night. Ha 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 Commercial break. <laughs> oh, thank you for pulling us out of that. Yeah. Um, so the theme song leads us into the kitchen where everyone, uh, Jill is making the, the treats for the party. Yes, the spooktacular treats, uh, which includes, uh, was, so the one that she's doing uh, she's making worms in dirt. Fudge, yeah, gummy worms stuff. inside of uh, a mud, uh, uh, pudding. Yeah, that she is like it's worms and mud. Uh, yeah, well, well, it's budge most likely <laughs> melted budge. Yeah, uh, but then she's also she's also doing the the old grapes and tapioca trick for for eyeballs and mm-hmm. pus. I I want to like we weren't really big on Halloween, so I've never had this particular delicacy. But Jill, as she's leaving the room and is, is talking, explained to Tim like, "Here, I need you to put these these yeah. grapes in the tapioca." She dips a grape in the tapioca and eats it. Yeah, are you? Sp- I thought it was just a textural thing of like you put your hand and it feels gross. I didn't yeah. know like grapes dipped in tapioca sounds disgusting. It does sound disgusting. Uh, not inedible. Uh, you no. technically can do it. Um, well, yeah, there's a lot of things in your apartment I could technically eat. I'd just have to go to the ER afterwards. I could I could eat this sound mixer. It wouldn't be pretty, and it would not be a fun bowel movement. Uh, that's very true. What are you, George Foreman? Um, <laughs> no, well, no, I can't eat the staircase because we're on the second the floor. How would I get How would I get out of here? You eat one stair each time you take a step down. <laughs> that's good. So then I burn the bridge behind me. Yeah, exactly. You can never come back here. Um, yeah, no, it sounds disgusting, and I would never, I, I have a thing with green grapes anyway. I don't like grapes because they remind me of eyeballs when I put them <laughs> in, the, just the uh, the feel of it, yeah. that and cherry tomatoes can't do it. I can do, uh, yeah, I, I like a good cherry tomato. I like a good grape. I just, my but mom. Good, bad grapes, bad cherry tomatoes. My mom fed me nothing but green grapes growing up. Like, that was uh, the backbone of my diet was just green grapes, and I, it's Did one you of those things. Did you live at a vineyard or something? <laughs> I wish. Um... <laughs> It's just, yeah, one of those things. I can't have another green grape without just... And they taste the same virtually as regular old purple grapes. What do you call those? (laughs) Purple grapes. Purple grapes. (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's a psychological thing. I'll admit that. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad we're able to to get this deep into your your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Everyone is rushing around getting prepared. Yes. Jill's got the foods that she's making. 
Uh, we see glimpses of the boys uh, in their costumes. Randy is a pirate. Yeah, slowly. I mean, that's not. We're not quite to the oh, sure, point sure. yet. I don't think where yeah. they come out. And you're, you're, you're right. Okay. I mean, they kind of stagger each uh, reveal of the costume, which yeah. I kind of enjoyed. They gave every every character, even Mark, like <laughs> they're they're due for. Um, showing off their costumes. Yeah, this is why it's clear that they love yeah. Halloween on this show. They they took the time to wrote, write kind of a cool gag for yeah. each person's costume. Uh, and in this scene, mostly, Jill is uh, uh, kind of bragging to Tim that she's got the scariest costume. She talked mm-hmm. to uh, the costume shop, and they, they assured her that she has the scariest costume that they may have ever had in the yes. store. I, I find it interesting that... that well, I mean, Tim is saying he's got the scariest costume, and she's saying, no, mine's so much scarier, but yeah. neither of them seems to know what the other one is going to be. Yeah. Which seems odd to me, like, keeping your costume a secret from, like, your wife, who you're planning the party with. That's how into Halloween they are. I guess I guess so. It's, I guess It's like, that's when the, the zip code rules for when you're going to cheat <laughs> on someone. Like, Halloween, all rules are off. You could do anything <laughs> in the spirit of Halloween. It, it's like it's like the purge. One night only, exactly. anything goes. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is on his way out the door to go trick-or-treat with his friends, and (laughs) Tim stops him and opens his bag and pulls out a carton of eggs and some soap and some shaving cream. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, you know, uh, that's not necessarily... I wouldn't put that in the psychicot. Uh, psych- psychicot? Psychicot. That's a that's that's a that's a portable uh, roll up bed that kills people. <laughs> no, it reads your mind while you sleep. Psychicot. <laughs> You're right. No, of course. Yeah, psychicot reads your mind while you while you sleep. The one that kills you is deathbed. The bed that kills people. <laughs> Oh, now you're getting it. Yeah. Um, well, okay, it, maybe it's not total psychicot uh, activity, <laughs> but it shows still that he's the mischief maker. Yes. And also, we, you know, he, Tim pulls it out and says, oh, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to do with this? You're going to, what, hatch a chicken and give it a bath and then <laughs> shave it? And, and do you remember what Randy says? No, I don't. Randy says, well, mom was just so busy planning for everything. She just asked us to pick these things up for her at the store on her way back. <laughs> and and Tim kind of looks at him and nods and smiles and says, that's a really nice try. That's really good. Get out there and have some fun. Tim, uh, why are you encouraging this behavior? Well, because he's, he's Tim. Because he's Tim. Tim, yeah. Also, as he sends the boys out the door, or at least as he sends Randy out the door, he, he yells a couple things after him that I feel like, again, were kind of like when Randy is talking about how cool oh, his... don't his, bring up the pads. The pads. It's, it's sort of like, because he's, he's saying like, <laughs> okay, look both ways before you cross the street and don't eat anything until you bring it back so we can all look at it. Because uh, this is back yeah. when, when, you know, atheists and Satanists were putting hypodermic <laughs> needles in the Snickers and, and you had to let the parents check the candy. Yeah, actually, he, he also says, uh, don't go to any neighbor's houses that you that we don't know. Oh, right, yes. Um which uh, that severely limits your amount of candy you can get if you are not socially connected in the neighborhood. That is very true. And it's, also... It took an, me forever to get that sentence <laughs> out. <laughs> well, I think another way also, another way to kind of get around not going to houses where you don't know people is maybe, you know, maybe take your effing kids trick-or-treating, Tim, because <laughs> both of you don't need to be at the house. Uh so well, he apparently has a ten-hour um, session in the makeup artist's chair to put his costume on. Yes, once the party starts. Yes, which is which is very true. Um, but anyway, so that's Randy's costume. Yeah, Randy. Randy being the pirate. I think we mentioned that. I can't yes, Ran- yes, the dread pirate Randy. Um, which he's going to be pretty cold outside. I, like he had just he, a silken, he had no shirt, on. silken vest with no shirt underneath. Like 
I remember Halloween. This is t- the typical Michigan Halloween that I had. Yeah. Was you spend all week, maybe all month, thinking about what you're going to be. Yeah. You compile your costume together and you put it together. You feel so good about it. You're going to walk out, impress everybody, and then on October 31st, you get the first snowfall of the year, <laughs> and you're forced to put on your winter jacket while you go. You're like, the Blues Brothers aren't cool when they're wearing a North Face jacket. Fleece. <laughs> hey, hey, as someone from Oregon, I think anybody wearing a North Face looks really cool. Uh, what, did, did you, so did, did you go with someone else as the Blues Brothers? Or Yeah, my, my cousin and I went as the Blues Brothers one oh. year. I've been, uh, what else? I did Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Oh my God, you are, you are a Chris Farley fan. That must have been pretty good. Uh, that was my favorite. Um, did, did people, did people get it? Were no people... one understood. They thought I was just a door-to-door salesman. What? Which, fair, I mean... <laughs> but it was kind of relevant at the time. I mean, this, is, this was in the 90s. Oh, yeah, of course. It was on the <clears throat> show. Were people not watching SNL when it was actually really good? <laughs> uh, I went as Indiana Jones one year. That's good. Cool. That's solid. Um, That's solid. I actually had a real whip, uh, which was oh. fun. Um, yeah, those are those are some of the highlights I had. Did what about you? you? Uh, let's see. Uh, I quit... I quit trick-or-treating uh, in third grade because oh, wow. I, I never really liked candy that much, and mm. I never was really into the holiday, but so I'm trying to think. My... As a child, I went as a tow truck driver once. So, like, my parents made me, like, a, a cardboard box that would, like, go around me and look like a tow truck that was just, secured to my shoulders with with suspenders. Okay. That was adorable. I yeah, was, like, four. Adorable. This yeah. is how far back I have to reach for things. <laughs> and I went to C-3PO one year. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It was just a costume bought from the store, but yeah. whatever. Uh, and then, I mean, more recently, I went as Kenneth the Page to a Halloween party a couple years back. <laughs> I like that. that. That one, yeah, that one worked. I think yeah. that was probably the best one that I've done. And this year, you went as Tim Allen in Mo Betta Blues. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> I did, but ev- everyone, everyone mistook me for Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. It was the dumbest thing. <clears throat> um, anyway, so, but, but, so that's, that's what Randy dresses up as. Yeah. Uh, Tim and, you know, Jill is in a hurry to get out the door. She has to go and pick up her costume Tim is trying to put... I think she just has to get upstairs to get to change into it. No, no, no. She has to go across town to pick the thing up. Oh, I okay. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, like, she, she's leaving the house. Yeah. Tim uh, has put the finishing touches on his uh, haunted house downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brad comes out. Uh, <laughs> and at first I thought, who is this? <laughs> I don't know who this is. You know what? Brad looked in the mirror and asked those same questions. <laughs> who am I? Uh, I don't even know who this is. Brad is dressed yeah. as Raggedy Andy as part of a couple's costume with the one and the only Jenny Sudarsky. And and I gotta say, wow. I mean, I didn't I didn't see the episode going there just in that, oh yeah, couple's costumes as a child. Like I, that, yeah, I don't I don't ever remember that being a thing. I, I kinda like that it was though, because it's yeah. like cause, you know, it's like, oh, welcome to relationships, kid. <laughs> there you are. Oh, she wanted to well. You're there. You go. There you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Buckaroo Bonsai logic. Wherever you go, there you are. Uh, so he he is dressed. He's got these big clogs on mm-hmm. and this stuff drawn on his face and and this mop type hair. He's got the freckles. He's got the the uh, red button nose. And when he first walks out on screen, or when uh, when Zachary, <laughs> yeah, he, Truman is pulling the uh, the slot machine handle. Zachary, yeah. Ty, yeah. Brian. Ding, 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 oh, ding, 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 God. ding, God, yes, yes, yes. You are talking about Brad, right? Yes. Okay, good. Woo. When Zachary Ty Brian first walks out, dressed this way, I saw through 
the makeup and through <laughs> the uh, 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 vestiges of character and theater and acting okay. and the layers of, of the craft, uh, I could see a 12 to 13 year old boy <laughs> who is humiliating himself on national television dressed this way and who is just not okay with it. Like I could just sense a little bit like there were issues Yeah, because no one wants to, to, you know, if you, if you told a 13 year old like, Hey, put on a raggedy Andy costume <laughs> yeah. in the living room so your aunt can see it. Right. He wouldn't want to for shame that someone would, but you tell him put on a raggedy Andy costume and like be part of this TV show that everyone in America is going to watch. <laughs> right. That would be a hard lift for me at 13. Uh, yeah. I also don't think he's even 13 yet. Which is the, the, the rub of it all. He seems so much, he just seems so much older and more mature now that he's got this, now that he's having grown up relationship problems where he it's has to figure out why his girlfriend's mad. It's him that's growing, it's his mullet that's growing. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, well, the longer his mullet gets, the taller he looks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the longer your mullet gets, the more, uh, the less, the less years you can take off of the age restriction of buying alcohol. So, oh, okay. So that's why everyone, so, yeah, if you are 12 years old, but you have a three foot long mullet, that means you have three years left to buy beer. What? <laughs> no, I should have just did the actual math, which, you know, we're not good at doing on this show. So if you're 12 years old and your mullet is, uh, six feet long. That makes you 18, and you still have to wait three years <laughs> to buy alcohol. Oh, my if, God. If, if one mullet leaves Chicago traveling at 50 miles an hour, and another mullet leaves Detroit traveling at 60 miles an hour, when will the two mullets crash into each other? China. <laughs> God. That's not even a time. It's gone beyond not being good at math, and now you're confusing, like, geographic locations and 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 time. Does anybody know what time it is? China. <laughs> Oh, man. Good one. And one more. Forget about it, Jake. It's China time. Okay. So, uh, Mark yeah. is dressed as Tim. Yeah. And to uh, the the love of the audience, they all gave him a little applaud. I, I, it got it got some from me, too. Yeah. I was it was a nice. It was, it was good. He's dressed as Tim on tool time. So, he has, like, a tool belt with all his toy tools mm -hmm. and suspenders and a mini terrible tie and has combed his hair. Yeah. But at some point... I don't know, it's like, uh, I think Randy says, why didn't you dress up as Al? Uh, <laughs> we would have gotten more candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and both both Mark and both Mark and Tim scowl at, at Randy, but I really wanted, it would have made my life if Mark had gone, <laughs> Al is my assistant, he assists me! <laughs> and he's Mickey Mouse, I suppose. But, oh my god. Uh, that, but he did not. <laughs> Your Terran Noah Smith impression is on point. That's his name? Terran Noah Smith? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so that's what the boys are dressed as. I'm trying to think what other things we missed in this first scene. Is they're getting well, ready for the party? Uh, Tim is kind of like everyone's giving uh, Brad some shit about wearing this raggedy Andy costume. Yeah, Tim is making a lot of fun. Tim goes. He has a line here that like my conspiracy brain went way out the window <laughs> uh, because he says um, he makes this big reference about uh, calling Brad Andy telling him to get back in the toy box oh yeah and then he's in the character of andy saying hi i'm andy i just came out of the toy box boo <laughs> and boo being a character from monsters incorporated uh i like and tim voicing buzz lightyear it was just one of those things that like i 
got so sucked into it. Well, what year do you think uh, Tim Allen recorded the audio for Toy Story? Because, I mean, if you... Because I feel like in a lot of these cases, they record mm. audio first and then animate yeah. to match it. And animating that movie took years. So do you True. think he was recording audio in 92? No, I don't think so. I don't think he was quite the the hit that he was yet. Um, yeah. I don't think that they would have tapped him just after one season of a show. Yeah. I think... Maybe maybe once the show hits number one, I think that happens in the third season. Yeah, that uh, and that would be ninety three. So okay, I can yeah, see. Yeah, I it think then. that's enough time. Yeah, I'm glad we went down that logic hole. Yeah, well, good, <laughs> good. We we came we came to a completely non frivolous solution to that problem. It's nothing more entertaining than pure logic. <laughs> Welcome to logic work. <laughs> yeah, so not uh, not much else happens in that. Brad is just really. He did say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one line I, or exchange I kind of liked was uh, when Brad comes down as Raggedy Andy and everyone's giving him shit. Mark, little innocent Mark goes, well, I like it. <laughs> and Brad goes, if you like it, I'm dead. <laughs> Just the guy cannot catch a break. <laughs> now, you know, if, if this was the amount of abuse I had to deal with, I'd spend all my life building a hot rod in the garage, too. <laughs> Oh, Mark. Mm. Um, Building a hot rod in the garage and leaving so my parents can fuck underneath it. Yeah, right. Uh, So that takes us outside to our first Wilson scene. Yes. Um, Do we need to address that Wilson, uh, who we've posed as uh, God, (laughs) is celebrating a pagan holiday? Uh, (laughs) I mean... Maybe. Well, if God created everything, wouldn't God have created Halloween? Created... The pagan beliefs to yeah. Yeah, okay logic. <laughs> I need I like a it. I need a soundboard where I can just where I can make like a goofy sound effect every time we just apply logic <laughs> or something. <laughs> logic. You heard it here, folks. Send in your sound effects <laughs> to to www. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't use that, can we? <laughs> uh, so they they talk to yeah they talk to he talks to Wilson outside. Tim I don't does. think it's Tim does yes. yes. Uh, Wilson is carving this this pumpkin of himself behind the fence. There is so he's he's talking to Wilson about how much how excited he is about this uh, uh, haunted house he's built and to scare everybody. And Wilson starts just talking about I, why people like being scared. I take so much issue with Wilson in this episode. Yeah, he is just like gives unsolicited meta message monologue here. Yeah. Tim doesn't have a problem. He's just yeah. trying to chat with his friend and Wilson still turns it into advice. Yeah, he's he goes into this whole thing about like I can't even remember the 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 name of the chemical that he says the brain epinephrine. releases epinephrine. And uh at a certain point when Tim's making jokes like he doesn't get it cuz I don't think he does. Wilson kind of annoyedly goes, let's just say adrenaline. And it's just like, why didn't you just assume that the person who doesn't understand anything you ever say doesn't understand what the hell you're saying right now? He's only been living back there for 12, 13 years. (laughs) Why why else? You know, when would you have picked this up? Yeah. Uh, Also, Wilson says epinephrine. And Tim, in in the reachiest joke, I think, of the oh. series so far... To... Uh, I don't know. That Four Tops joke okay, in, that... in the poker one. It's, they always reach hard for the music jokes, but <laughs> Tim says something like, Oh, yeah, I love that song. Tall and tan and... Dun, 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 dun. The girl from Epinephrine goes walking. No. Yeah. No. And hey. Wilson, again, I mean, as bad as that joke was, pure hatred Wilson in this scene is just like, No, Tim. That was Impanina. Ipunima. Ipunima. I can't say that word. Ipunina? Ipunima. 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 
Ipanema. 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 Guys, are you liking listening to this? <laughs> I think that I would have been more okay with, with Wilson had Tim made that joke and Wilson had just gone up to the fence and said, Tim, you're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh... So Tim borrows some chains from Wilson, which Wilson yeah. carries across and hands to him in such a way that they block his face. Yeah, of course. And then Tim says, okay, sneak around through the back and be hiding down there at eight o'clock in the, in the basement. Yeah. Further <clears throat> setting that up. Yes. Yeah. And then we get, um, we get a really long money shot on Wilson's uh, pumpkin creation. Yeah. Which is a picture of himself. Maybe again, he is creating something in the visit, uh, the image of himself. Yeah. Just like the scarecrow. He, I think that he grew the pumpkin with that already carved <laughs> into it. Hey, he did plant something um, in an early episode in season one. Yeah. Maybe it was a pumpkin that grew into this. I see what he's Magic doing. self-carving pumpkin. Yeah. Um, interesting. So that takes us uh, back inside um, where that's – this is the part where Randy is heading out the door with all the the – you know, trash oh, other yeah, people's yeah. neighbors' houses with uh, the stuff. Yeah. Um, and the the arrival of the guests. Yes. And so as the guests arrive, they start coming. Tim is still just wearing, like, his normal, like, Michigan t-shirt or something. Mm. At one point, he has a fake meat cleaver in his head. Yeah. Which, as he explains to Randy, this is a real meat cleaver and a fake head, which I thought was, was <laughs> That was kind of, yeah, it was, yeah good. it was good. But so Tim is not in his costume yet. People are arriving. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a devil. There's, there's a ballerina. Yes. There's a bunny. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which Jill uh, announces what each of them are, and Jill has come downstairs now in her costume. Uh oh, there's been a mix up. Oh dear. At the at ye old costume store, <laughs> there's been a mix up. Yeah, ye old costume store. It's right next to Budge's Fudge. <laughs> Bud's Fudge. <laughs> Budge's Fudge. Budge up for fudge. <laughs> the Budge Fudgery. <laughs> I pro I probably should just, you know. Not say everyone that comes to mind. No, I, all I, terrible. I like it. Uh, wow, you sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. No, it's real good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I definitely no. I'd love to see you again. Um, <laughs> it's called adrenaline, Truman. <laughs> so, Jill, what is Jill dressed as? <laughs> so, Jill's super scary costume. Uh, she comes down in a full body carrot suit. Ooh, <laughs> it helps you see in the dark. Uh, it makes your um, face orange if you eat too much of it. That's There's nothing scarier than your face turning slightly orange, which actually happens to Jill in a weird, mild transition. At that's, one that wasn't even... A, at, that's at the end of the scene. So let's just go to that okay. and then we'll come back. Okay. So at the end of the scene to transition into the commercial break, um, Curtis has arrived. I don't know why... Curtis being Randy's friend, why is Curtis at Brad's party? Curtis isn't Randy's friend. No, no, no one likes Curtis. If Curtis was an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. <laughs> it, it, like, like, remember, they, they, the only reason he came into Randy's life at all is because Randy filled his shoes with cheese whiz because he didn't like him. Yeah. Then Jill made Randy invite him over. Jill hated him. The last time we've seen him, everyone in the house is hiding from Curtis. Right. So why is Curtis invited? Well, so this begs the question of how, what was the invite process of this, uh, this party? Like, who gave out the invites? Who created the list? Uh, they invited everyone like a, in class? That maybe, maybe it was. Maybe they just posted something on a bulletin board, uh, um, right on the, you know, the vestibule of the school so that... The Vesta school. The, hmm. <laughs> the Vespa school? Is that where just <laughs> everyone goes to learn how to ride a Vespa? That, that, is, my, that is my favorite 80s teen comedy is <laughs> Vespa school. <laughs> um, but for some reason, Curtis is here. 
Yes. And uh, so he comes dressed as an Adam. Yeah. And uh, I help me through this exchange. So yeah. <laughs> the uh, Curtis makes fun of Jill, saying that her costume makes her look fat. Yes. And then Jill says, Curtis, what are you supposed to be? He goes, I'm an Adam. Then why don't you split? <laughs> but then Curtis has some sort of retort to that. I don't remember. What, I mean, it was just something like, good. I think he just said good one, Mrs. Taylor, or something like that. Or, he said something about her being old. Oh, uh, really? oh, damn, really? Which is why she gets mad, uh, and she like gives him the death glare. And during this death glare, her face just turns beet red. <laughs> uh, that is what the transition is supposed to be. It wasn't even a transition. The screen didn't do anything. It was literally just an animation of her face getting red. Yeah. And the way a cartoon happens. And not even that red. Not as red as when Tim's face gets red and becomes a diamond on a card suit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I've se- Listen, I've seen transitions where people's faces turn red. This is not the best. <laughs> You've seen them turn into pumpkin things. <laughs> I've seen... I've seen things you wouldn't believe with your eyes. I've seen transitions glittering off the shoulder of Orion. <laughs> and now they're all gone. Yeah. And like I, so tears and grunts. I'm I'm putting this in the... I'm calling them out on this one. This is not a transition. That was literally just adding a cartoon effect to a scene. <laughs> okay. You're, so you're calling... So what's the, what's the resolution process for this? I, I'm going to file an appeal. I'm going to say I want this removed from all future episodes of Home Improvement. Dear Tommy Westfall, <laughs> enter, enter. <laughs> Recently I found some discrepancies with the massive fantasy universe in which you've created the series Home Improvement. <laughs> Change font. Um, the, I think the thing that, that triggers her to go red in the face actually is so... So uh, Jenny Sadarsky has... Uh, yeah, Jenny arrives. Yeah, Jenny arrives... Not dressed as Raggedy Ann. Ooh. She's just wearing a leather thing. Yeah. I don't you know what... you did literally go, oh, shit. I... <laughs> when you're... I, I started just like, oh, no, she did not. <laughs> I just I just wanted to... I I felt so, so, so much for Randy at that moment. Like, if I had I Brad? been there, I would have, like, put my arm around him and taken him out and be like, no, nah, man, you don't need her. Come on, man. Let's just, let, tonight, <laughs> let's just get super drunk tonight, man. Forget about her. We'll find you a better girl tonight. Yeah. Uh... You, you like that bunny? I'll set you up with her, man. <laughs> Well, this is a pretty important plot point, so we should probably walk through it, which is yes. she's um, decided not to wear the Raggedy Ann costume, the counterpart to Raggedy Andy. Um, instead, she's dressed as a biker? As a young girl wearing a leather cap? <laughs> With, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like uh, she was wearing a beret in one episode. Uh, maybe she was just kind of flipped it around and what? turned it into a biker cap. Girl loves hats. Yeah. Um, if you flip a beret around, it doesn't become made out of leather, though. Welcome back to the Hat Facts Podcast. (laughs) Uh, And she says that she's decided not to wear the Raggedy Ann costume because Brad, Bradley, made it so apparent uh, that he didn't want to be seen at this party with her. His own party at his own house that he invited her to. I'm not going to debate the logic of a 12 or 11 year old. Affairs of the heart, Landon. (laughs) Uh, What's more, she's brought... Someone else with her. Yes. Whose costume matches hers. Oh, yeah. And that boy's name is Danny. Danny. Danny Craig. Good old Danny. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Do you know who plays Danny? Uh, is it someone I should know, or is it just another random character actor? No, this guy is definitely... Well, I'll give you a hint. Daniel Day-Lewis? I'll give you a hint. Uh, the last episode, last week, we had Karen on. Yes. She played the mother on the show where he played the best friend. 
Uh, Time's up. He is from Boy Meets World. Oh, no. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, as Hunter, Sean, um, also in Cabin Fever. The, 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 the Eli Roth movie? Yeah. Oh. He plays the main guy. Oh, hey. He's the, he's the one who... Okay. Yeah. Ryder Strong. Well, you know, Ryder Strong is his name. And whatever's going through your head, I'm sure he's already heard it. <laughs> Ryder Strong. R-Y-D-E-R. R-I-D-E-R. Right. The... The child's name, the actor's name is Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong. I'm not even thinking about the sexual aspect. I'm just like, I... I... <laughs> so the kid from Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard, what is it with child actors and their parents? Like, like do the parents know, oh, my kid's going to be in TV. He needs to have a <laughs> bonkers name. Maybe. Ryder... Why am I not famous? Ryder... Say it again one more time. Ryder. Ryder. Strong. Ryder Strong. Yeah. For for even though we said it six times, for a second in my head it had become writer hard, and I was yeah. like, "No, that can't be right." Imponina, <laughs> Finn Wolfhard, <laughs> Budge, <laughs> Budge. I got that one. We're adding a lot to the glossary of grunt work tonight. <laughs> uh, but Jenny Sudarsky makes another appearance here. Let's just uh, mention this offhandedly that um, next to Karen, I think Jenny and Karen might actually be tied for most reoccurring guest star. Yeah, they've been, they've been big parts of this, kind of through the seasons, through multiple episodes. Uh, indeed. And so, the only, the big difference, though, is that people talk about Jenny even when she's not around. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Anyhow, so Ryder Strong, Danny, uh, comes in with full biker regalia as well, puts his arm around Jenny, and Brad feels, obviously, emasculated in this moment, because who wouldn't? And, well, he's, I mean, he's dressed as Raggedy Andy, to start with, and then yeah. also that he's being he's being uh, <laughs> right. cuckolded in a very PG way, <laughs> um, and uh, you know his wounded pride leads to a little shoving, a little like uh, back as, and as, forth, as things so often do with Brad. <laughs> it leads to a little bit of, yeah, of shoving, a little shoving. Um, but this is not his brother. This is a complete, well, not a complete stranger, but um, someone in his house. I don't know, it was a little. It was a little like. And he was in the wrong. And, and then and then and then Tim comes in and breaks it up yeah. and and you know jumps into it and then Brad runs off outside uh upset. Yep. And I think actually I think this is what triggers Curtis's comment to Jill. Curtis says, Jill, where's Brad going? And <laughs> and and uh Jill goes, Oh, I think he's just uh, I think he's just embarrassed about his costume. And then and then Curtis goes, Well then when are you leaving? <laughs> That's right. That's the one. And then we get our total horseshit transition. <laughs> Not a transition. Our total fake-zition. <laughs> fake uh, transition gate. Um, Transgate? Tran- no, no, that's, no, that's, no, a, that's no, a very different no, thing. No, no. no, love and support and respect <laughs> and acceptance. Uh, so the only note I had for the next scene, which is still the party, is why is Curtis at Brad's party? I don't... We already went through I, well, that. Well, yeah, it makes no sense. It really is. It is questionable. Although... I give him some props for... Okay, let's say this. Curtis comes dressed as an Adam, so he's yeah. got a bunch of hula hoops around him yeah. and, and... Tennis balls attached yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, molecules, electrodes. Uh, so so we have uh, a boy who is clearly... clearly has scientific interests and kind of precocious interests beyond his years. He's <laughs> yes. an intelligent and gifted uh, young boy who has really poor social skills, maybe suggesting some form of autism. Uh, he's young. Mm-hmm. He's young and has I, I, I refuse in, to acknowledge this. He's I'm, young. I'm letting you and has say those five letters. interest in science. Mm-hmm. He's young. And I'm just saying, 
maybe he said Bazinga very quietly at some point. I'm just he's he's a I'm just gonna say he's a young Sheldon esque character. I think maybe Young Sheldon is a spinoff of Home Improvement and not The Big Bang Theory. Okay, well uh, I'm hesitant to agree with you on that only because I don't ever want to watch The Big Bang Theory. The the bang the bang the, bang the theory? the bed the bed bug theory the bed bug theory. <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to watch that either. That sounds disgusting. The bang the bang the, the Bing Bang the Bing Bang theory <laughs> the Bing Bong theory. Oh my god! I, am not, I swear theory. to God, I'm not drinking hard cider while we're well recording. Yeah, you um, drank it before we started recording. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the, and the paint you huffed too probably is having some effect. But... Is the Big Bang Theory in the Tommy Westfall universe? It pro- if we check that list right now, it yeah. probably would be. And again, this is the this is the list of TV shows existing in the head of the autistic boy from the last moment of the show saint elsewhere who it's revealed made up the entire show now i've never seen saint elsewhere is that autistic boy um as big of a dick as curtis is in this episode because is he writing himself into the episode is basically what i'm trying to get to i mean curtis well i think the i think the thing with the, the boy on saint elsewhere is that he's non-verbal and has never spoken to his parents oh, okay so instead of interacting with the world at large he's created all television in his head got it Curtis is too busy annoying people. Like he's he's not he's <laughs> sure. not the he's not the quietly introspective. Uh, he doesn't use his his mental capacity to make up television. He uses it to specifically piss off Jill. Yeah, and I'm gonna say I really like Curtis as a character purely because it's that he is Jill's nemesis. <laughs> yes. Jill, who is generally above the fray and yeah. the most mature one, is locked in this constant <laughs> battle of wits with a six-year-old. It's a great, great dynamic uh, yeah. that, yeah, you wouldn't see. It wouldn't work with any of the other characters either, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, so, so Brad has gone to lick his wounds outside, uh, and Tim goes out there to try and help him. Yeah, to help um, him lick. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> Tim Tim goes out and sits down with him. Tim really is kind of Brad's Wilson in this episode. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how I feel about the advice he gives him. It feels very like he's setting Brad on a track to repeat history. It's well, it's a show about men teaching men to be men, and they don't always teach so well. It's about <laughs> the blind leading the blind right over the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, do you want to kind of take us through what he says here? Yeah, well, I mean, he he gets out there and is talking to him and and just trying to trying to help him figure out. Well, why is Jenny mad at you? What did you do? What 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 made her angry? And Brad says something like, "I don't I don't know, man. It's not even my fault." And Tim goes, it's always our fault, Brad. It's always our fault. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, the, as, be, as best I can recall, I mean, they try and suss out what made her mad and he can't figure it out. And he says, well, look, the two most important words you can say are, I understand. Just say that and you'll be in the clear. Uh, did I miss? I mean, did no, I, I mean, that's you? the that's the long and short of it. Yeah. I, even hearing you kind of recite it back to me uh, makes me feel less good about this advice yeah because it, it's not getting to the root of the problem it's just kind of continuing to trivialize their experience and placating them rather than actually solving anything or feeling yeah sorry about it tim tim is teaching his son how to put a band-aid on a problem by pretending to uh to to show uh contrition <laughs> whereas really you know it, it's like the same thing that happened in the last episode where instead of talking about what went wrong between Tim and Jill, they just have sex and we assume it's okay. Yeah, right. He's essentially telling Brad, do the same thing. Like, one day you'll marry a woman 
who will resolve all which, issues by having sex with you. Which, uh, should we mention the joke that Tim makes in this, uh, this episode oh. that, like, uh, I didn't write it down. So, well, it's when, it's when they're making fun of, um... Like Mark or Mark or Randy asks Brad why he's dressed like Raggedy Andy, and uh, and Tim says, "Well, guys, sometimes what uh, was it? Sometimes when, when you're in a relationship, when, when you're in a relationship, you have to do a thing you don't want to do so that the woman will later do something that she doesn't want to do." Yeah, Ugh. which fits right in. I feel like with this advice he's giving Brad in the scene, where it's just like. You're not doing anything to close the disparity between men and women and their mentalities and how they live together. Yeah, some of these episodes age better than other ones, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they so he gives Brad this advice outside on the porch, sends Brad back in, tells yeah. him to take off his clogs and his wig and just try and talk to her. So, yeah. so then he's only wearing a ridiculous onesie with makeup on his face. Right, and he goes back inside. Jenny is alone on the couch. I don't know where uh, Danny had gone off to. Yeah. Um, He's just gorging himself on eyeballs and pus. (laughs) And Brad starts to, um, you know, follow his father's advice and, and, you know, kind of try and suss out what went wrong. Yeah. Uh, And he just throws out, and I understand, way too prematurely. Yeah. (laughs) Jenny is like, you understand what? Yeah. (laughs) And it's great because Tim is behind her... And he is kind across of like, the room. Yeah, and somehow in the, at this very silent party is able to hear every word. <laughs> but so so he says, "I understand," and you see, kind of see Tim like nod at him, and then Jenny says, "You understand what?" And then Randy's eyes bug out, and he looks back at Tim, and Tim just shrugs. Brad. Oh, I don't know, Brad. Fuck. Who did I say? <laughs> Randy. Randy. Well, fuck it, man. Sorry, that's the second time. The second. Oh, it's only the second time. Yeah. Again. When you say it the third time, a bunch of uh, sweet tarts <laughs> are going to fall from the ceiling, and everybody gets a chalupa. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, he he goes wide eyed because uh, yeah. he wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, he's caught in a lie. <laughs> to, I understand it's supposed to solve everything, but eventually he's able to he's able to draw out of her that oh they were playing kickball and he chose another girl for his team instead right. of Jenny, which pissed her off. And Brad says, "Well, I wanted to win," <laughs> and and t- Tim from across him just goes, oh, 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 "Oh no 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 no!" Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Which is actually a pretty funny, uh, oh yeah, funny like little delivery. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was another moment in this when she's uh, kind of explaining the the kickball incident that mm-hmm. he didn't pick her first, <laughs> where she uses a phrase I haven't heard probably since the '90s that uh, she called. She says that he's so dense. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sad i actually do hear that a lot I, do you really i feel like i'm out i'm out of uh yeah maybe i'm a man out of time but i i, I hear that before but yeah um and then the other thing i noticed um is is she wearing a, does she have a tattoo she has like a it looked, chest it, it, I, I saw that kind of coming up on her neck it looks yeah. like a tattoo or something so, so I'm, weird i'm not sure what kind of biker chick character she's created <laughs> i know um uh, probably a piece of this, a piece of that, um, from the various mothers that she's had. Oh yes, yeah. Over the, over the years, as as they slowly, uh, slowly but surely disappear, never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah. What uh, do you think her dad dressed as for Halloween? <laughs> um, a hoagie. <laughs> a hoagie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because that's that's the that what what is scarier to Robert Durst than a hoagie? The thing that got him sent back to jail. <laughs> uh, and then from this scene. 
Um, so they kind of make up here on the, the uh, couch. Yeah, they just agree, like, okay, I'll choose you for kickball next time. Yeah, exactly. They make up, uh, and now it's time to go down in the basement. But before we do, we get a transition that is the spitting image of Lumpy, uh, <laughs> Lumpy Space Princess from Adventure Time. <laughs> it's just, like, purple cloud with a face on it just <laughs> floats from the bottom of the screen to the top. Yes. Um... Really made no sense. Uh, well, I, it made sense in the context of Halloween, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. A, a purple cloud? A purple people eater, maybe? Is that well, what it, it was? It was a ghost. But it, it was lumpy. <laughs> ghosts aren't lumpy? You're, yes, yes, Landon. Ghosts aren't lumpy. You're right. It was lumpy. It was like... Adventure Time is a spinoff of this episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> people people saw that transition and thought, hey, what's, what's, that, what's that thing's story? What's that... Ghost looking thing story. I, I'm I'm putting my money on purple people eater. How do you, I don't stand by it being a ghost. Just because it's purple mm. doesn't mean it automatically eats people. That's racism. <laughs> How could the it's like it's Fair. like a ghost. It's not it's not like it's not dense enough to actually mm. have a body. How can it eat people? It's like it's like well, you, a right. cloud couldn't eat you. Well, we don't know that. No, we we. I'm pretty sure we do. A cloud could crush me. No, I don't. I don't think a cloud could crush you. Did you know that clouds actually weigh, uh, well over a ton? I can't remember how they they weigh a lot. Of, they're actually extremely heavy. Okay, and I'll <laughs> buy that. I mean, that's that's like one of those one of those like what's heavier, a, a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks questions, maybe yeah. or something. I, they, they both weigh the same. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. I think this is really good radio, but... Uh, so, our lumpy transition takes us down into the basement for what we've all been waiting for. This yeah. whole episode... This whole episode has just been uh, the, 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 the little salad and the soup course and the rolls... And the butter and the mozzarella sticks and the breadsticks. <laughs> I want to go to your Thanksgiving. And, and the bloomin' onion and the uh, and the uh, 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 Cajun tater tots, etc. It's been the appetizers, Landon. Yes. But now, now we're down here having the chili cheese sliders, <laughs> which is the main course. This is a really terrible Applebee's uh, product placement. <laughs> uh, we're down. We're down in the basement. Brand new set. Well, I mean, it's the set they've used before, but yeah, it's a whole it's new basement, setup. Redressed. Very heavily made up for Halloween. Yeah. And the whole the whole game of this scene is just Jill is has is leading all of the kids at the party downstairs and yeah. saying, "Ooh, the lights don't She's work." She's got a flashlight. She's going to take them on the haunted tour of the basement. Yeah, which <clears throat> the haunted tour of the basement consists of standing on the stairs looking at things that come <laughs> by you, almost as though yeah. the tour were dictated by the limitations of shooting a three camera TV show on a limited well, si- <laughs> space. <laughs> To be fair, it uh, it does get derailed pretty quickly by Danny, who uh, kind of foo-foo's everything away, saying this isn't scary at all. Well, there's an assist from Mark, too. Yeah, well, so Mark, the very first thing that happens is when Jill gets to the bottom of the stairs, Mark comes out in the mask that Tim was wearing at the beginning of the episode in Tool Time. Call back. <laughs> and Danny, I don't quite understand the character logic here. Danny just shouts out, that's your little brother. <laughs> Opposed to what? Like, what were you expecting? Like, real gremlins in like, your basement? Yeah, what... And if you did get the thing that you're railing against, you would be dead. Well, yes, but at the same time, Danny is a guy who went to a kid's Halloween party with that kid's girlfriend. To be fair, we we should mention that Danny is also a kid. He's not just a 
20-something-year-old guy hitting on Jenny Sadarsky. True. <laughs> and biker all, uniform. Well, yeah, he looks, he's dressed like a biker, <laughs> but he is, he is everyone else's age. Yeah. So, A, he's a kid, yeah. and kids are, are little assholes, and B, he's a little asshole on his own. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see why he'd do that. Like, And also, he's probably in a bad mood because he got, um, you know, Jenny went back with, with Brad. Yeah, which we never actually saw that exchange. <laughs> yeah, we never see, saw what it was like. It was like, hey, you're on your own to get home, I guess. <laughs> I I I I picked I used you and tossed you. You you meant nothing to me. That's really some psychological warfare from yeah. Jenny Sadarsky. She's, she's learning a lot from her father. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know she's um she's a man eater. Yeah. You know, a uh, black widow eventually. I maybe so. Hmm. And she and she can rely on her old man's money while we're at it. <laughs> Anyhow, so Danny starts to go off the rails a bit, just kind of criticizing everything. Everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the curtain is pulled back and Tim's costume is finally revealed. And it's pretty good because at first I was like, who is this old woman who looks like Frankenstein? (laughs) And then I realized, oh, that's Tim dressed as Nana Stein, the evil mother-in-law. Yeah, which I take issue with. He has escalated his war against mothers-in-law to the (laughs) nuclear level. (laughs) Well, the thing that I take issue with is that... It is a Norma Bates costume. Oh. It is spitting image minus the Frankenstein face makeup of Norma Bates or Norman Bates from yeah. Psycho down to the, the wig, the, the pattern of the dress, everything. Um, so why not, instead of Nana Stein, call it Norma Stein? Now, because it would be, A, it would be off-brand of making fun of mother's-in-law. Yeah. And B, uh, probably... There's a mother-in-law joke in there somewhere. Too deep of a cut? Uh, probably so. I, I don't know. Too I, deep uh, of a cut. Yeah, That's too, definitely... Yeah, the, the, even, even, on a, even on a holiday where there's knives and cleavers all over the place, that <laughs> yeah. cut is just far too deep. That's fair. And uh, that does kind of make me love whoever the costume designer that just has a crush on Psycho uh, <laughs> just like, you know what? I'm just going to sneak this in here. No one's going to know. Doing this for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so props to you, costume. Or costume to you, costume. <laughs> Here's looking at you, costume. <laughs> uh, best boy to you, costume. <laughs> uh, so, but Danny, Danny's having none of this shit. No, none at all. Danny... Tells him how unscary it is, how this whole thing sucks, how it's just, how the the whole setup is terrible. Mm -hmm. And he tells Tim that his show should be called Fool Time, (laughs) which I feel kind of bad that I never thought of that. But he tells him it should be called... (laughs) I thought that was a working title for our podcast. (laughs) But he says everything in here is going to fall down anyway because, because you built it, like, on your dumb show. Yeah. And Tim's response to this is to set in in motion a series of events that seem as though they were orchestrated ahead of time specifically to scare this one boy. <laughs> Just for this one exact moment. Yeah. yeah, as though they've been doing rehearsals for weeks. Well, I can't remember what it was, but something scared all the kids upstairs, and it was just Danny left downstairs with uh, with Tim. Yeah. And Tim, like, in the second moment of this episode, kind of takes Danny aside and is like, don't ruin this. What, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, I, I'm not a parent. I'm very curious how that, like... How you speak to somebody else's kid line is drawn. It's weird. I, I feel like I feel like among parents, there's kind of especially with kids at that age. I think that there's sort of an agreement that like if if the kid is in your house at a party, they're kind of like they're on some level like 
Yeah. You, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, can, you can discipline a kid who's in your house because it's your house and your kids who he's affecting. Yeah. So I, uh, that makes sense. Um, parents, write in. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. You know, do you want to take more parenting advice from two uh, unmarried <laughs> dudes with no kids? Because uh, we will keep tossing it out there. <laughs> yeah. But when he, so Tim kind of ushers him over. He's like, all right, hot shot. Uh, why don't you open up this uh, tool chest? And Danny kind of walks over. He's like, oh, yeah, what is this stupid. Uh, Spider gonna jump out at me? He, he said, or he said, like, is a wrench gonna jump out? Yeah, a wrench. And, I, and I thought, like, oh yeah, it sounds like a transition, <laughs> which would be which would be the scariest thing for me. You open something and a train and like a thing flies out of it, and then you open your eyes and you're in a completely new time and place. <laughs> tra- oh my god, that would be very. Uh, god, the transitions can literally come from anywhere within a given scene. The transition is coming from inside the house. Yeah, it's coming from inside your head. Oh god. Um, but what, I, what kind of cracked me up about this is that, you know, everyone has left at this point except for Danny and Tim. And he ushers Danny over to this toolbox. And Tim stays in character with his, like, little limping walk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we <laughs> this is just for you, Tim. Yeah. You love Halloween so much. You're going to milk this for every second. He's acting. <laughs> but for himself. Um, so that kind of made me laugh. So he opens up the tool chest. What does he find? Uh, he opens up the tool chest and it all falls away. To reveal the head of Al on a platter. Under a bucket first. Un- oh, under a bucket. The bucket's there. Yeah, and then he takes the bucket off, and it's the head... Well, now I've spoiled what it is. It's the head of Al! <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God, you scared me. Uh, with with makeup and blood paint and, and vampire fangs in, and he starts screaming and yelling at the kid. Yeah. But that actually gets Danny... It startles him. Yeah. And then from out of nowhere... Yeah, he like... So Danny kind of backs away. Yeah. And he and as he's backing away, he backs into... Uh, he backs into like a bunch of curtains and the curtains get lifted off the ground and it's a mummy standing there wearing Wilson's hat. Whoa. And the mummy grabs at the kid and... and Or Danny. And Danny is freaking out. And then... And then Wilson is on pulleys. He's on the harness. For some goddamn reason. I, that was the weird... Yeah. I, just in your mind... Wilson, our beloved behind-the-fence character, is on a harness being lifted in the air in this episode. In a basement. (laughs) In a basement. Okay, okay. Don't go in the basement. So many layers to this. Uh, So, so, uh, first off, the notion of, uh, hi there, neighbor who is older than me and retired. Hey, do you want to be a part of my haunted house? Yeah, sure, okay. Do you want to be a part of my haunted house... And get put on a pulley system and hide under a bunch of curtains for hours and hours until everyone's down there and ready. It's just, it seems like kind of a tall ask. And I also don't know, I don't know what, what a fly, what makes a flying mummy that is clearly on cords everyone in the room can see any, any more scary than your garden variety mummy. Um, well, here's an alternate theory. Maybe he wasn't on a harness and he summoned the godly power of flight. Uh, <laughs> so, so God's just Superman. He can just yeah. fly. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what I think is that the producers of Home Improvement, uh, when they were shooting uh, Tim on a hot satellite roof, <laughs> yeah, uh, they they were looking at the cost to rent a pulley system, and and whatever producer or prop master was in charge of that was like, hey, boss, you know, it's it's uh, a <laughs> it's it's twelve thousand to rent it. Or it's sixteen thousand to just buy it outright. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, can I can you sign off on this purchase order? And the guy's like, Well, you know, I mean, we can probably write another episode where he uses a pulley. So I think they just bought the thing and are just trying to find every excuse yeah. to use the pulley Fair. to get their money's worth. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think pulley systems cost twelve thousand to rent and sixteen thousand to buy. 
Polytechnicians, write in and tell us if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but uh, so all this, the scaring actually does scare Danny, and he runs upstairs and disappears. After Wilson grabs him, then Randy comes back out with, like, another mask on, and this time it took... Not Randy. Mark. Mark. <laughs> Look up for the sweet tarts. They're falling from the sky. I know. Yay! <laughs> okay, so just just take your receipt for this episode to your participating Taco Bell. Um, but Mark, uh, why is it sweet tarts? That would hurt. Uh, also, that's not on brand for Halloween. No. Uh, but but Mark comes out again, and this scares it scares Danny this time, and he runs off upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's essentially the end of it. Yeah. Uh, we we cut to commercial. When we come back, we don't get really any resolution to the episode. Not really. But uh, Al is stuck inside the, the chest. Yeah. Um, and Tim just Leaves. abandons him for no reason. And, and Al is like, hey, but there's spiders down here. Mm-hmm. And Tim goes, ah, they're decorative spiders. And then a tarantula is walking towards him. Yeah. Well, he goes... Yeah, so, well, first of all, there are no tarantulas in Michigan. Good. Put that out there. I'm going to move there. <laughs> Second of all, um, Tim literally stops when Al asks, hey, there are spiders down here. Like, I get no impression that he's coming back down. He yeah. just says, they're fake spiders, not, oh, I completely forgot about you. I'll help you out. <laughs> oh, you're a human being, and I'm leaving you locked in a dark room overnight. That's not okay? Yeah. This is where Randy, and I know who I'm talking about this time, this is where Randy gets a serial killer. Yeah, I guess so. He sees how Tim treats Al, and he knows that he can do this to people and get away with it. Yeah. Um, and then we get some outtakes of Al messing up some of his lines, which is you know pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a very happy Halloween. Ooh. Uh, it was. <laughs> what, until I made that noise? No, I loved it. Jink, 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 jink. That's the psycho noise. I can't make a lot of spooky noises. Uh, I don't think the human body was meant to. Red rum! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like that one. Um, it follows! <laughs> it's not really from the movie. The uh, show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do that, no, am I? I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, you are. Uh <laughs> If you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it wherever you can. It really helps others find us. Plus, every time you share us, we'll tell you exactly why we're angry the next time you hurt our feelings. I know. Uh, Communication is important between podcast hosts and a podcast audience. It is. Uh, And with that said, I'm sorry I brought up the WWW thing. What, like last week? Mm -hmm. I I wasn't mad about it all week. I mean, I know shit got heated, but that's, you know, we're on stage, bro. It's for Uh, the, like, I'm sure, I'm sure Richard Karn and Tim Allen actually got along quite well. (laughs) Uh, On our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter in order to get notifications. Uh, And you can also follow us on the social media places at GruntworkPod. For GruntWork, I'm Landon Solano. For GruntWork, I'm Truman Caps. We'll see you next week for more grunt work with Landon Solano and Truman Caps. That was a really strong ending. Yeah, I think that was good. Let's do that every time. Bye.